Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of From, From the, the Lower Level. Level. I'm your host, Moshi. And I'm Patrizio. Moshi. Yes. Does a frog have a watertight asshole? More questions just like that will be answered on the podcast this week. That is literally what we are we are going to find out by the end of this podcast. Does a frog have a watertight asshole? 100% we'll find out. Um, we've got a hopefully short episode for you <laughs> this week. Well, there's only, there was only one franchise on. because I've, I've heard that before. <laughs> Famous last word. These end up being the longest episodes. <laughs> well, I think it'll be a short episode. Um, we are talking The Real Housewives of Potomac today, season seven, episode seven. And I think it is very worthwhile that one of the most divisive divisive episodes of Housewives television in the Housewives cinematic universe gets its own dedicated episode. But before we get into that and answer the questions about frogs and watertight assholes, Patrizio, what is the word on the street? All right, we're going to start off with Salt Lake City. Um, and this this has been like, this is fresh hot off the presses, right? Like how fresh? Earlier today. Oh, okay. So originally, Jen Shah had her sentencing date moved to December 15th. Mm. But it has been since moved to January 6th. To coincide with the anniversary of the insurrection. Because she's a staunch Democrat and I'm sure that there's a connection in there somewhere. Are you serious? I thought you were just making an insurrection joke. No, she's like, they're, they're, and, and this is the thing that I don't think the internet has understood t- today either, is that because I've seen a lot of people being like, wow, like they're really pushing this out again. But Jen's legal team asked for the the sentencing date to be um, pushed back um, to January 6th. So, um, and the courts have agreed to it because I think that gives her her final Christmas. Oh, interesting. Yes. So, but because, I, I mean. Like, I feel like January 6th is now such an auspicious day, you know. Not auspicious. Not the good auspicious. Um, well, you know, it's interesting, right? And because uh, I think that in all of this, it's like sentencing and um an actual like uh like what's i can't remember that the the legal term of the date that they actually have to show up to go to prison like is not always the same date so i think there's like two examples of this like one is like and this has both happened this week right so one is elizabeth holmes like theranos we know who um, she is co-founder she was sentenced this week to 11 years, but her, her like, go-to-jail date is in April. So she's been given, like, six months to, like, say goodbye to her family and all the rest of it. That feels so weird to me, but okay. Well, I think... 
I, f- I feel like even Teresa Judice was the same. I feel like she was given a sentencing date and then had to like appear in jail later or even like Joe Judice. Cause like, obviously he was sentenced at the same time as Teresa, but they obviously allowed Teresa to go away before Joe had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, and this is now where like pop culture is like reference. They're going to fail me, but who was that other couple that also got sentenced to jail this week? Chris so they the got sentenced to the Bravo to fraud jail pipeline, my friends. Like, yes, very that, right? But they got sentenced, and I think they got sent to jail like the same day. Yeah, because I think I guess I, I guess it depends what you've done, or I guess how it depends how good your lawyer is. So I guess yeah, Jen Shah, January six. Not quite sure when she's going to jail, but then the other rumor at the moment is that. She's not at the reunion, but she'll be given a one-to-one with Andy Cohen to coincide with the reunion. And I guess also probably given the fact that if if the dates keep getting pushed and the show is still airing, then obviously Jen might not be able to attend the reunion if she's even welcome there. Because, like, technically this, I thought, you know, Bravo and Jen Shah, it's over, but, like, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not because I don't know if you saw – like in a interview last week or this week, Andy had said that he hopes she doesn't go to jail. And I'm like, these feel, it feels like they're backpedaling a little bit for some reason. Um, I mean, but maybe he was just being like, well, I hope she doesn't go to jail, but she probably is going to be like, you know, like I don't think anyone like other than like murderers and rapists, like maybe we don't want people to go to jail. You know, interesting. I don't know. I I disagree with you. I, I just think that Bravo. I mean, we say it every week. There, there's no rationale behind a lot of what they do. They just do whatever they feel. Let's be honest. Well, speaking of people who do as they feel, oh, um, the Salt Lake City girlies are all like given up Twitter allegedly. Well. Jen Shah hasn't. Have you seen that? Well, Jen, well, Meredith announced she's leaving Twitter and Jen Shah said she's also leaving Twitter. She tweeted her and said she's leaving. And then you know what? She was still on Twitter and people were like, why are you on Twitter? And she was like, I just was like hanging out. That's literally like her response. <laughs> but apparently also Lisa Barlow has also threatened to leave Twitter at a certain point and she's still there. Yeah, well, we know. We know who was actually at the January 6th insurrection. Um, yeah, Whitney's friend. <laughs> Lisa Barlow, allegedly. Um, but I did see as well this week that Meredith and Lisa were having, like Meredith's last situation on Twitter was like hardcore argument with Lisa. Like they were just going at it. Like that friendship is done. They're all done. Everyone is done on that show. They are all, they all need to move and go in their separate ways. A hundred percent. It's time for the show to say goodbye. Time to say goodbye. And then they need to reboot it with Mary Cosby and people from her congregation or something. Or like just the first wives, all the first wives. Nah, Mary just needs her own YouTube like series. (laughs) I don't watch YouTube though. You'll be watching it. I'll watch it. But 
Honestly, uh, anyway, that's a, that's a conversation for another day about how Mary truly was the glue of that show. She really was. Like, she she kept them all in line. She kept them all in check, and she gave them a common kind of cause slash enemy and, or frenemy. And we will never get another quote-unquote character slash villain slash anti-hero. I think she's who Taylor Swift was singing about like Mary M. Cosby. Um, you've heard it here first. Um, word on the street is Taylor Swift sung anti-hero about Mary M. Cosby. About Mary M. Cosby, 100%. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that is like... Breaking news. That is, that is Housewives Anon Twitter <laughs> right in there. Um, We got this week um, this, like, interesting crossover between Atlanta and Dubai because Lisa Milan and Chanel Ayan were hanging out with our girl Nene Leakes. Icons. Icons everywhere. All I see is icons. I love it. I think because Nene was in the Middle East. Is that what – did I understand that correctly? Yeah. She's probably expanding the Linethia Lounge. Is that the same as Charisse's Champagne Lounge? That's the name of Nini's Lounge, her bar that she has. It's called the Lenithia Lounge. Yeah, That's what she's saying, Um, And in other Atlanta news. That's why you don't care about Lenithia being Nini's name, whatever. I know. I mean, I know that that's her name. I don't think you did because otherwise you would have acknowledged it. Well, I'm acknowledging you just as I acknowledged Teresa's nephew. Which See, you, you're not even a fan. There's two of them. There's little Joey and the other one. <laughs> that's like a whole thing when Teresa refused to acknowledge her, her nephew. Ugh, at the Christmas, it's fine. Anyway, lost on you, Moshi. Um, Portia had her bachelorette party this, like, past weekend. Did you did see you, that? <laughs> I was going to say, did you see the giant pink dildo? Of course I did. <laughs> that's the only thing I cared about. <laughs> Um, you know, if anybody knows how to party, it's Portia. And once again, where were the cameras? Like, this is the things that we need to see. Not her and her family. We need to see Portia's bachelorette. It would have been like Bolo 2.0. Do you think Bolo was there? No, but I think she had other Bolos. Yeah. Yeah. There was snakes on the plane, if you know what I mean. Nice. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Teresa's nephew Who she refuses to acknowledge Bolo? (laughs) You heard it here first Bolo is Teresa's nephew (laughs) Imagine I'm related to Dolores But that's that's a whole other podcast well, no, speaking of failed spin-offs, Portia, um, did you see that old lady gang was cancelled? Yes. Did not get and a second season. Good riddance. Oh. I I personally watched one episode. It was a show about nothing. Like those people were like the people that were for Candy, yeah, they're fascinating, yeah, they're interesting, but it wasn't enough. But like it could have been the black band of pump rules. I think it could have been, but 
this is the thing. I don't think we need more Vanderpump rules. And I say that just as like there's a Southern charm spinoff called Southern Hospitality, which is going to be like another attempt at this Vanderpump rules. Like if people want an equivalent to Vanderpump rules, watch Below Deck. It is 10 times better. Watch Summer House 10 times better. I want like a black summer house. That'd be sick. Well, the girl can dream, I guess. You can also make it happen. Yeah, well, I support you. Thank you. Um, there's been a lot of discussion on the internet today. About? Or this week, I should say. Melissa and Joe Gorga's new home. Oh, my God. And I actually want to, I want to put out a statement in defense of the Gorkas. You want to put out a whole statement. All right, go, go on, publicity queen. <laughs> I just feel like the internet is being, like, un, unfairly harsh towards the Gorkas and their new home. Because the new home is a hell of a lot nicer looking than the old, like, Cinderella turrets and like whatever the hell that was. Isn't it just turrets that have been wrapped? Like, isn't it just turrets that have been uh, rendered? Like underneath that that white exterior is the turrets. All of those houses, those mansions in New Jersey, ugly. I I know, and that's the thing. That's why I'm like, this is actually, in terms of like what it could have been, this is actually like pretty good. It's modern. Like it's gonna it's gonna have resale value. Like the old house, no resale value. Somebody will buy it. But I just feel like people they've been unfairly targeted because of who they are. Yeah, they're annoying. And I think it's just like they continue to just buy these ugly houses, if I'm honest. The exteriors on all of these houses are ugly, but I will say the interiors are fabulous. Uh, so you haven't seen the black chandeliers yet, have you? I like a black chandelier. Oh, okay. Well, everyone listening, How's let's just... You? It's not great. It's got, like, fringe on it, black fringe. Well, I'm going to have to investigate. It's it's choices. I think you can go... I think you're going to hate me for destroying your algorithm, but I think you might have to go to Melissa Gorga's Instagram account to like find the original post. I'll find it. Don't you worry. It's not great, (laughs) but I want to congratulate them on choosing something that's from this century. I actually, I'm looking at their old house right now and I like it. I like it a lot better than their new house. Controversial. What? That makes no sense. Since when have I ever made any sense? Well, I know. That's true. Um, are you on Melissa's page? No, no, no. I'm not on Instagram. Uh, oh, you were just uh, you're just looking at the at the things. At the things, yeah. Oh, okay. Hang on. Can you I'm, – I'm just – for the people at home listening, I'm just showing Moshi. I can go on her – I can go on her Instagram. I've got no – I don't hate it. You don't hate that? I mean, it's not for me. It's is it my choice? No. Oh, those are hideous. Why do they have? <laughs> why do they have like diamonds around them? Rhinestones. 
And there, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else, they're just the facts. They are ugly as shit. Okay, they're interesting, but they're in the wrong house. Anyway, the point is, I think, good on them. I hope that they're able to settle all of the bills that they owe because apparently they owe (laughs) quite a few. (laughs) Um. I just want to round out word on the street with um, some Erica Jane earrings update. Oh. So this is like a bit of a convoluted one, Moshi. There's a lot going on here. But allegedly the earrings that Erica Jane gave up are not the earrings that she claims they are. What does that mean? so they're obviously the, the it's the seven hundred thousand dollar earrings, right? Under the earrings. She handed them over. Okay. Somebody has assessed the earrings and said that these are not the earrings that were originally purchased. Not fake earrings. And that they are only worth two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars. Only. Yes. Can I just interject and just go back to Melissa Gorga's house? Melissa Gorga's new house looks like what Giselle wants her house to look like. It looks like if Dorit and Giselle both designed a house together. And you know what really doesn't make sense to me? I just need to go back to this house. They have just a double car garage. How are you going to have a house that's that big and just have like this basically tiny little shed as your as your garage? It's, it's weird. Anyway, um, yeah, Erica Jane, I mean... But isn't it isn't it maybe then each, is it each earring is worth three hundred and fifty thousand so that all up they are seven hundred thousand is that what we're we're doing or no and I think that's what Erica tried to say in the show that the earrings were in fact worth one point five million dollars because it was seven hundred thousand oh. an earring but I don't think that's true either look like it's all very interesting so the earrings as well were originally purchased as a replacement because the the original, original ones that Tom Girardi gave Erica were taken in a burglary from their house. <laughs> we know about burglaries. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's just a lot going on here, but um, allegedly the earrings are not are not the ones that Erica Jane is claiming to be. Well, she's just guaranteed herself another season, I guess. Or jail time. <laughs> Potentially. We'll, we'll, I mean, once again, the Bravo to fraud jail pipeline. Bravo keeps the criminals coming. It's going to be, you're going to have to be a criminal to be on Bravo soon enough. 100%. Or to be on Housewives. Oh, no, no, because it is multiple franchises. Yeah, Definitely. Um, all right. Well, Moshi, that's the word on the street. Let's get into this week's episode of Real House Size of Potomac. It's episode seven of season seven. And what a intense episode. We are still in the MIA. We are still in Miami. We are still in, well, are we in Miami? That's questionable. We're definitely in Florida. <laughs> we are in like Miami Dade County. Yes, but we are not in Miami Beach, which is where everybody wanted to be. 
So things that have happened, Sharice is still at the house. She has not found herself other accommodations. Uh, Candace is yet to arrive. And Mia is on the phone with Patricia, Peter Patricia Thomas, who has just let it be known that he has beef with Wendy. Wendy is none the wiser as the ladies have their little chit-chats before they prepare for the dinner of all dinners. So I want to talk about before the dinner, just some tidbits. Did you have any like significant takeaways from before the dinner? I think the first thing I want to talk about is like we knew that there were issues with this house last week. Mm -hmm. But the exposed sewage pipes in Robin and Giselle's room. The way they can hear every time somebody pees, poops, and flushes. I... Why? <laughs> There's just so many things not quite right with this house. It's it's actually just funny. And the thing is, if it wasn't on Housewives, like, it would be fine. It's just it is not up to what we expect from housewives. Because obviously we know production pays for the trips. Yes. So why, like, how has this come to be? Like, Maybe that's it though. Maybe they have wanted this place for its comedic device. I'm not laughing. <laughs> I was. It was funny. <laughs> I love it more because it's in... Um, Giselle and Robin's room. That's why it's so funny. Remember how they were complaining the last trip about only having like the one bathroom to share or whatever it was? That's why this is so funny to me. All right. What's one of the things that you noticed before the dinner? I think just starting to see the tension begin to bubble with Mia and Jacqueline because once again, we know like there's so much stuff is happening in real time online and this stuff all started to happen ages ago and we know in real life, in real time, that Jacqueline and Mia are no longer best friends. Like these are women, these two women grew up together. I think they were basically foster sisters, like they are sisters, they are that close. But you're starting to see the tension between them bubble. You're starting to see Mia take her little snipey jabs and you're starting to see Jacqueline sort of explain that, you know, she's really, she tells if they did not have that history of friendship and sisterhood, she would have dumped Mia. And I think this is really interesting because I think we're starting to actually get more insights into what Mia is really like. I kind of, I think Jacqueline's saying that, you know, if it wasn't for the history, she wouldn't be friends with Mia because, like, Mia is, like, quite awful to deal with. Yes. Like, that is, like the worst thing a friend could say about someone, I feel. Like, if it wasn't for this history, I wouldn't be friends with you. No, but it's not I – th I think that that's really simplistic. Like, obviously, that's the way it came out. But I think what she's saying, it's like it's like they have a shared history. They have been through so much together. And because they've been to so much together, she kind of understands what informs Mia's nastiness, if that makes any sense. And so – 
when she sees the way Mia behaves, she is thinking back to that girl that was abandoned, that maybe craved attention and didn't get it. Somebody who didn't grow up with the sort of loving support that they needed to perhaps be not this, not this way. And so, but at the same time, you know, I don't think Jacqueline is a doormat. I think she calls it out and she challenges Mia, which doesn't help the situation because the way Mia's personality is like, she just jibes back. But a lot of the time we have people who have been in our lives for ages that do things that are disagreeable or that we wouldn't tolerate from anybody else and we tolerate it for them. And is that toxic? Yes, but it's understandable. I like how you tolerate me. I didn't want to say it, but now that it's out there. <laughs> so... I guess we've seen the the friend of trope, right, where friend of joins show, relationship falls apart, we never see that friend again, right? Right. The difference here for me, though, is that Mia is making a real effort of exposing Jacqueline for all of her flaws and, like, you know, everything she's ever done in her life and all the rest of it, right? So, so like Barbara Kay. This is how they treated Barbara Kay, except not as nasty. On New York, for those who don't know what I'm referencing. But do you think so like, but this is my thing, because again, like you've said last week, Mia is a smart girl. She's yeah. calculating. So has she brought Jacqueline on the show to publicly humiliate her or is this a result of perhaps like their relationship already falling apart with filming and like you know like what what's the end goal here that's the thing because I feel like Barbara Barbara is probably a bad example what was her what was the other one name with the black hair that was like remote Elaine 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 Alana Elaine the one that I know who you're talking about there none of those things that's how forgettable she was but like I feel like, you know, she was a friend of and she was friends until, like, Ramona, like, realised that she wasn't a friend and then was like, nah, like, get get rid of her. So I do have a take on this. Okay, and what is it, it? And it does kind of seep into what happens at the dinner and basically the drama of the whole episode. So one thing that I think we can say, I'm going to say that Mia is a flip-flopper mm-hmm. and she changes with wherever the wind blows And I think what we're seeing her do is like she's putting down Jacqueline because once she knows Jacqueline, like Jacqueline lets her get away with it. But she's trying to impress the cool girls, right? She is trying to be on the winning team. You know, as soon as she realised that she had a common frenemy in Wendy with the green-eyed monsters, and that is what I will be referring to them. You corrected me last week when I said that they were the green-eyed monsters and not the green-eyed bandits, but I think the green-eyed monsters is apt, period, dot, and that is also the name of this episode. Um, (laughs) Stop breaking the fourth wall, Moshi. But... um, Hang on. But, yeah, so I think, you know, she's really trying to impress the green-eyed monster. So she figured out she had a common enemy with them in Wendy because to her they're the cool girls. That's whose team she wants to be on. In the in the car ride over to 
the hotel. She's in the uh, to the dinner. She's in the car with Karen, and she's ready to throw Sharice under the bus, which you know becomes the catalyst for a whole bunch of drama. But Mia is a flip flopper, and I think her end goal is just to make herself appear as cool as possible in the eyes of whoever she thinks is the cool person at that time. So that's my theory. That's her end game. But the problem is it's all going to bite her on the ass because at some stage they are all going to be against Mia and she's going to have no one. Because well, I, I think that's already kind of happened this week because Mia is another one of these girls that has given up Twitter um, but she came back on this week um, <laughs> on her apology tour because I think she doesn't have any friends left after this week. hundred percent. But was there anything else pre-dinner? I have like maybe like a couple of other high-level things that I was just like, just little asides that I just wanted to touch on. Well, what are they, Moshi? Tell me, talk me so through. I think, I think Ashley and Michael and their ongoing saga. Like I think at the beginning there was this idea in Ashley's head, like the beginning of the season, that they were going to have this sort of amicable separation that would eventually lead to her getting what she wants, right? Um, I think we've we're seeing now that like the writing is on the wall, like she's getting actually serious about the divorce and Michael is being mean and nasty and like not letting her enjoy herself. So I think this is going to be a messy divorce. But I think he's always been like that. I feel like every cast trip she's ever been on, she's like never been able to like fully disconnect from what was happening at home. Yeah, I think that, but at the moment, though, what's happening is, like, more stuff. Like, he is accusing her of things he's never accused her of before. Like, he's been, he's been, like, Michael is petty, but, you know, divorces do, and I. this is where the green-eyed monsters, you know, were really honest, you know, it brings out the actual worst out of people, these divorces, and lo and behold, you know, she's starting to see this side of Michael that I think she thought she could get th- that wasn't going to happen in their separation. And she also isn't getting her house yet. Well, I'm, well I think we're all glad because I don't think she should be buying a house with that man. Well, it is what it is. She's got to do what she's got to do. Um, and I think the other thing that continues to just intrigue me is um, the weird frenemy feud between Sharice and Karen just, I don't know, you know, them trying to be friends, not being friends. I think, like, Karen just wants her off the show. So I feel like it might have been, like, I feel like her handle on Instagram used to be, like, oh, no, bravo, but now it's something else. Do you know okay. what I'm talking about? I, I remember oh, no, bravo, but I didn't know they changed their... It's yeah, because I don't think they talk about just Bravo anymore, so that's mm-hmm. why they changed their handle. Anyway, as I was saying, I think she posted this thing. I think it was her or it might have been someone else, and I'm just going to attribute it to her anyway. But um, they were like, the way that Karen is so bothered by Sharice, you could just have Sharice, like, unmiked in the corner of the room. Like, not even give her any camera time, and Karen would be bothered. Like, and to be honest, Karen needs it because Karen is like just sitting in the background at the moment. 
So I think she needs this drama with Sharice. It's fun. And on, I mean, of all weekends, Karen's birthday weekend. Okay, so that's the other thing. Like, I want to talk about it. I was going to talk about it a little bit after when we get into, like, the dinner of all dinners. But the way Karen wants to continuously remind everyone that it's her birthday, that it's her birthday, no, nobody could care less that it's Karen's birthday. <laughs> she is 59, Moshi. No, she's not 59. She's 5'9". Okay, get it right. Five nine, and she's looking that hot. She's got her like white snake confessional going on. Oh, like, look, Karen is fabulous. She looks fabulous, but she is a wallflower currently. She doesn't really have anything going on. She's trying to make her birthday happen. Nobody cares about her birthday. I do feel bad about her there, but oh, bless her cotton socks. I think at this stage, though, I don't think I need anything from Karen. I think I'm just happy for her to be a kind of neutral party to everything else that is going on because it is an absolute shit show. Just sitting in the Sprinter van eating Cheetos. Yeah. That was like, I loved it. All right, so talk to me about the shit show. Let's get to the crux of what happened in this episode now that we've touched on all the fluff. Sorry, I was just deep sighing. I know that it was probably too quiet to hear. What were you sighing about, Patricio? Make it audible. Make your sigh audible. (sighs) Oh, no. I heard it. I mean, I think there's multiple things here. Okay. First of all, the Patricia of it all. Patricia being Peter Thomas, formerly Mr. Cynthia Bailey. The way, okay, first of all, let's just talk about the way that everyone knows who Peter yeah. Thomas is. And we were, we were, I think we were talking about this last week or I think when maybe the week before the podcast we did before where Wendy first wanted to do the approach him about the lounge and we were like, how do they even know Peter Thomas? But now we know that everybody has a connection to him. This man has fully influenced. He's like, who was the guy that was on OC? What's Gretchen's husband's name? Slade. He's like the black Slade. Yes. And we got the receipts as well. We had when Mia had her old body and old face. We need to stop talking about the looks of it all, okay? Let's well, 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 it was it even Mia? Like it was someone completely different. <laughs> <laughs> but with Pete, and like the whole thing as well, like he's my brother, and I'm a bit like, you've been on this show for like three seasons now. How is this like the first time we're hearing like that you are like friends with Peter Thomas? But it, it might be, but this makes sense though, because this is another reason I think why Mia could be on the show. Like when they're being interviewed and they're like, who do you know in the housewives universe? Like if she says she knows Peter Thomas and how she knows him, like it's perfect. Yeah. The producers obviously like him if they're okay with him being in so many different episodes, right? Franchises even. Okay. So there's the Patricia of it all. Mm-hmm. So obviously Mia has chosen to go to, I don't even, what's this place uh, called? Bar one. Bar none. 
Balwan. Balwan on Miami. And I don't, think, You're I don't so think it funny. even is. I don't. I think it's one of the, like it's called something else. Anyway, regardless, it's Peter's establishment. It's Peter's establishment. And she's he, chosen it on purpose, though. She's chosen it for drama. I mean, obviously, and like that's the other thing. Obviously, he is as complicit as well. Like, so she's there. He's there. We're all there now. And he comes over and says, like, hello to the group and obviously sees Wendy and all the rest of it, right? But it's all pretty, like, cordial. Everyone's being quite nice to each other. It's all talk. Yeah. Like, for someone who's got big beef with, like, Wendy, he sure ain't saying much. Yeah, and he's and he, then when Mia pulls him aside to talk to him, he's he says, like, how dare Wendy comes to his establishment and not let him know she's in town. Wendy had no idea they were going there. She had no idea he was going to be there. I, right? And it, it's just, it's very weird to me. Like, and even, even then, like, Wendy, like, Wendy would have known that Peter knows. Like, that's the other part of all of this. Like, I don't know. I just sort of like, I don't really get it anyway. And it's clear that Peter wants to be part of this takedown. Correct. Even though Wendy's got the receipts and we are actually waiting on Peter to come back with a date for the tour. We we are we are all on Wendy's team about the Peter and Wendy drama. So that's the first part. And then I don't know, they're all at this table eating. And that's when Mia decides to bring up the fact that Peter's got beef with Wendy. And Wendy's like I don't have beef with men, so I don't know what you're talking about. Fair enough. And Mia gets into it, and I feel like this is one of those fights where it was like, I don't really know what the girls are fighting about at this point. Well, do you know what it is? It was Mia trying to produce, and it backfired. And... Yeah, it kind of devolved into a situation where, like... Wendy starts then talking about, I don't know how, like, you would do it in your relationship, but, like, me and my husband, we don't do this kind of shit. We don't play these kind of games. If Peter's got beef, he can call my husband because that's what should be done. Yeah, I think, like, the thing about Wendy, like, people should know by now in her third season, she is a clapback queen and she will go in and do the whole superiority thing. This is the thing that none of us like about her, especially if she is caught unawares. Because in Wendy's defense, she had no idea. Okay, then she's taken to bar one and she's still just going with the flow. And then boom, like the setup, like Mia is actively trying to ruin her day and is not prepared for what Wendy's going to give her back. And... When it doesn't go in her favour, that's when Mia decides to escalate and she throws her glass of whatever drink it was inside onto Wendy. And this is where the production becomes award-winning. The way the producers edited this and they gave us slow-mo, they gave us different tones, they gave us, well... 
RDZ, which is Robin Dixon's version of TMZ. Like Robin pulling her phone out to record to have her own receipts so that nothing can get what was what was the word that she said? She's like nothing can get um misconstrued or something like that. Like that was it was iconic television, but at that moment, Robin became the villain. Oh, Robin has already been the villain. She just like oh. solidified her position. She truly solidified. Like there is no coming back from Robin. Like that is going to go down in history and that is who she will always be now. In Housewives canon, RDZ. It was nasty. It was so nasty, so rude. And what made it even nastier is that we had, I guess the table was divided. Um, So there was the comedy of it all, which is like Karen somehow not getting any water on her despite sitting in between um, Wendy and (laughs) Mia, um, to which when she was asked by Giselle how she didn't get any water on her, she said it was because God loves her. (laughs) That's why... The water is. We also had her in the background saying, it's my birthday still. That's the matrix of it all. Like, when they did the matrix on Giselle, like, (laughs) it was actual insanity. But you have the green eyed monsters on one side with Jacqueline, and they're just like, the way they are just eating and watching, and the way nobody is making an attempt to back this, to to step in and break this up. Thankfully, the producers or, like, the security came in, but we need to compare this scene with what happened with Candace and Monique because this scene, this conflict between Wendy and Mia escalates beyond just the water being thrown, right? Yes. And where was where was Robin to come and break this fight up like she did the last one? Well, Robin um, disagrees with you, Moshi, and she says that she can't see a parallel between Monique and Candace's fight. And she came out, I think, on the Today Show to say that earlier today. Do you know who Robin is reminding me of, like, these last couple of weeks? It's giving Teresa not understanding what an analogy is. Like... It started with when she expected um, Candace to bring Wendy's children to that event and now to this. Let Robin show her whole ass because the way we are trying to understand Robin's logic in anything, she's not well. Well, it's interesting as well because, like, I think this is the problem that Robin's forgotten is that the the Bravo fans love a receipt and they have been going in on Robin this week, like highlighting all of her her previous, you know, provoking behaviors where she's gone into people's faces and she's like, you know, really sort of like puffed up her chest to some wow. of the other housewives. And, you know, and now she's also on this apology tour, which she started today talking to the Today Show about, how you know she doesn't see a parallel and like she was she was trying to tell Wendy to protect her reputation when she was saying you know stop antagonizing Mia while she had her phone out and was recording the whole thing so that she could have something in her wank bank to hold against Wendy I mean at this point 
Robin just needs to acknowledge the fact that she does not like Wendy and therefore she does not care about Wendy. And she they are so determined to ice Wendy out. They continue to eat their food. They continue to order dessert, which I know Giselle will say is, you know, it had we had to do it for television to make a good TV. But the behavior was pretty disgusting. It was pretty hypocritical. Nobody came to Wendy's defense in the way that they should have. Having said all that, though, <laughs> I also don't 100% agree with Wendy's behaviour. I never do. She really, like, got nasty with Mia when I don't think it was needed. Like, Mia showed her ass and Wendy had already won at that point. But, you know, it's the it's the insults, crow to face and, like, all that stuff where it's just sort of like, Wendy, like, you kind of, you had us and now you're starting to lose us. But this is the same argument that Candace had during the Monique of it all, which is, like, I use my words, I use my words. I don't think people realise it doesn't matter what you're using. Like, violence is violence <laughs> and your words can be violent as well. So I... You know, I just think it's it's bullshit to just say just because you're not laying hands that you're better than the other person. I agree with you. What Wendy said was disgusting. At the end of the day, though, Mia did start this. Oh, Mia instigated it, I think, by obviously, like, you know, bringing Patricia in, by bringing Wendy into his restaurant, she like, set the whole thing up. Like yeah. she, set the, she set the tone, the negative energy, everything. And then by, you know, talking about this, like, you know, the the business of it all. And I've seen, like, there's been a lot of hot takes on on the on the hatred yeah. on this week. Like the people who are like, these women are so quick to judge Wendy for her candle line and her, her Nigerian lounge when um, – does anyone remember what happened to Ever Hugh? Ever Hugh, every every Hugh beauty, every Hugh beauty uh, discontinued. Um, you know, like Robin and her businesses. Like none of them have had like successful businesses. Like Wendy is just trying her hardest, and she's like doing things that she's like is interested in, and all the rest of it. And then when Sharice turns to Patricia and is like. Yeah, like we need to talk about my champagne lounge. Like, Sharice, you're not getting a champagne lounge. Like, that's never going to happen. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past Sharice. I know the internet said Sharice isn't having it, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's never going to happen. Like, I'm sorry, Sharice. It's wishful thinking. So my question to you, and, you you know, you, you did ask me earlier and I gave you my take on Mia's behavior like what is it all about and for me it's about her trying to be in the cool group and I I firmly believe that Mia is being used by the green-eyed monsters to do their dirty work I feel like they by never really questioning her in in the ways that they question others they kind of encourage her because they know that she will go there and look, at the end of the day, yes, this is Mia. She needs to be accountable for her own actions. But I do believe that 
you know, the green-eyed monsters are aware of the influence that they have on her and by not saying, by not reprimanding her, they're kind of like, you know, they're they're encouraging it. I think it goes further than that. I think that they were acting like Mia was the victim in all this and who did they go and check on after the altercation? They went and checked on Mia and they made sure Mia was all right and no one checks on Wendy. And, you know, like we discussed last week, it seems to be one rule for one set of girls and one rule for the arrest. And, And when Mia starts throwing shit, no one really has anything to say. But the minute Wendy fights back with her words, everyone's got a lot to say and they're picking someone's side over Wendy's. Like, you know, I would have been interesting to see what would have happened if Candace was there. I kind of forgot Candy Girl wasn't there. Um, but, yeah, like I wonder if that would have changed the dynamic as well because definitely I think at the end of this, the the divide is definitely Wendy... Karen Ashley and then on the other side it's Robin Mia Giselle Sharice Jacqueline by association I actually think Wendy's more out on her own and I think that what Karen and Ashley are doing which is fair I think which is kind of what they were like with Monique and Candace is I think, you know, Karen always is sort of offensive. She says, you know, two wrongs don't make a right, neither of them. She thinks they've both behaved abhorrently. And I think that Ashley is, is similar in that she disagrees with Mia's behaviour, but she also thinks that Wendy didn't handle it the best way, right? Whereas the others I think are firmly like anti-Wendy. Um, what has Wendy done? Existed. Oh my god. It's no, but like it he, it is her existence. Like it is the way she carries herself that it, it's almost like a tall poppy syndrome, right? At first they loved it. They loved that she was like, you know, repping Nigeria. They loved that she had all her degrees, but at some point it started to rub them up the wrong way, and I think a lot of it stems from you know, last season was really the turning point when they decided to kind of proliferate those rumors about Eddie cheating. Like, I think, I don't think they realized that, like, that Wendy would take it the way that she did, like, as on the defensive as she did. And, you know, they just did not like the way Wendy came at them last season and vice versa. And Robin is not letting it go and she's determined to break Wendy and Giselle just has that hard exterior where nothing makes her crack. So she, she's just hell for leather. She's just here for the ride. So my question to you is, I've got a couple, is Mia being used by the green eyed monsters? Do you think yes or no? I don't think so. I think obviously it is, beneficial to their own campaign, but I don't think they're using Mia. Like Mia is doing what she wants to do and it suits their agenda and you you know what I mean? Rather than, because I don't think that anyone has realised yet that Mia is like also on the same campaign as them. I think like obviously they've seen it, but I don't think they've actually 
gone to the step where they're like, actually, we're going to like provoke Mia. Like no one provoked Mia other than herself. Like she yeah, instigated things. So, yeah. Okay. Whose team are you on? I'm team Wendy. Yeah. So am I. Because I just think that Wendy as pretentious as she is and as like perhaps like, you know, annoying as she may be, like she has not, I, I just, I don't think any of this behavior towards her is deserved um, in any way. And, you know, I think she is the victim. She's being set up. Like, I think like it's one thing for the, these dinners to kind of get crazy and someone throws it like a glass of wine a la like Brandy Glanville or something like yeah. that. Right. That's one thing, but this is like a calculated campaign against Wendy to try and, break her so she leaves the show yes so where do we go from here as a group like if we think about the fact that Monique had to go the way they treated Monique after her violent reaction because this is exactly what they did to Monique they just iced her out they didn't even think to give her a chance and because she didn't she didn't play by their rules of you know redemption or whatever what's going to happen this week because we know that Wendy does eventually go back to the house and that's the other question i'm like if Sharice can't get a hotel how did Wendy find somewhere else to stay cuz <laughs> Sharice is full of shit um <laughs> I think that, um, not, unfortunately, it's not the right word there. I think that Mia is going to have to, like, apologise and Wendy and her will be on, like, we can exist in the same space kind of, like, relationship. Um, but Wendy's because- not invited into the space at the moment the way I see it. They're going to have to figure it out. I, I don't know. But I don't think, like, I, I think that obviously Wendy is fine to be with, like, Giselle and Robin to an extent. Um, I think the issue really is between Wendy and Mia at this point. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think that Mia will be forced to make an apology um, because I think someone in production is probably going to have to tell her, like, hey, like, you, like, fucked up big time. And if you do that shit again, like, you're going to be reprimanded by the network kind of thing. And do we think that Wendy will apologise for going extra low and the things that she said about Mia? (laughs) I think she'll apologise to the viewers. (laughs) And I agree with you. So in theory, that is a no. She will not be apologising to Mia. Correct. She's going to apologise to everyone but Mia. And that's going to be the thing that continues to make her not super likable. Well, I take offense to that, Moshi, because I think that's that's what housewives do in every location. And so I'm allowing Wendy to do the same. Oh, I'm I'm all here for it. I mean, I don't mind it, but I think you know that's always gonna be the barrier. So we'll like based off this, like do you think we'll see a resolve in this in the second half of this season? 
I don't know if you can hear. There's some sort of like feral party happening outside my house. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I thought that was just you. Um, <laughs> Me having a feral party by myself, 100%. I, I mean, look, is there going to be resolution? No, but I think the girls are going to be able to get together and do the thing. The um, surely there's like an international trip this season. Mexico, like, you know, something like that. And I think all the girls will be there. Um, I'm interested to see what happens when Candace shows up because I think as annoying as Candace is and all the rest of it, I feel like Candace kind of has, out of all these women, the moral compass. And I feel like she will speak out for the injustice of what's happened to Wendy. Justice. Well, I think Candace sees it for what it is, right? And I think also Candace is, you know, she's also one of the girls that are, you know, darker than the rest. And I think she also has this, you know, feeling that there is the colorism on the show. So I think it makes the two of them natural allies here. Um, And I think, again, like even if Candace doesn't particularly like Wendy um, for whatever reason, like I think it's in her interest to obviously support Wendy at this time. They're friends. They've always been. They've always gotten along. I don't. I can't tell with any of these people if they're friends or not. Not these people. These people. Patrizio. <laughs> that I feel like ending on your subtle microaggression is exactly the right point to end this podcast. What are you? <sighs> I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Next week we find out how does Patrizio back out of this one. Moshi, I feel like you need to be more like Z-Way or something and you need to be like, oh, so you think all, like, dark-skinned black people are these people too? It was implied. And then the ticker comes up at the bottom, like, Patrizio reversed and black people as these people. These people. These listeners, they know you. They know what you're like. Not that. (laughs) All right. Well... Have you got anything else that you want to add about our queens in Potomac in what was one of the most extraordinary dinners? It was like scary island level dinners, I think. I just want to say, Moshi, just to round this out, that I'm not sure if you were made aware of this when watching, but it was Karen's birthday. Oh, (laughs) apparently. They have mentioned it a few thousand times. The big five night. (laughs) Not 59, five nine. Oh, Moshi, thankfully it's Thanksgiving and we only had to talk about one franchise this week. The Salt Lake City Girls will be back next week. Miami is like two weeks away. That's two weeks away? Miami. (laughs) <laughs> you know that's your shtick and not mine. Um, and I feel like it's all going to start ramping up again. Can not wait. Um, as always, if you have made it to, to the end of this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Just follow. Just follow. Just follow. Follow the pod on wherever you listen to your pods. Just click the plus button. Follow us. Follow us on the Instagrams at from the low. From the lower level pod. We'll be sharing a, a curated, carefully curated mix of our favorite sort of memes and bits of that are floating around from uh Bravo and Housewives creators. 
And we come back and we do this all again next week. I believe we do. <laughs> Bye, Morshi. Bye, Patricia. Bye. <laughs>